Hey gang! Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Don'ts is funded by Patreon. Join for early access to special bonus episodes and exclusive material, including the upcoming Scooby-Doo Book Club. Joining is the best way that you can be a part of shaping the material we produce, and we are super thankful to everyone who contributes. Thank you to David Green, Kyle Michaud, Katie Maxwell, Jordan Ferguson, Pablo Corden, Matthew Bang, Blake Sawyer, Ashley Martinez, Dan Reed, Gabriel Pesek, Toj, Jade Core, Wynn Richport, Samuel Chesser, Bradford N. Smith, Page on Gaming, and Alicia Harper for funding this episode. Welcome to Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Don'ts. The original podcast that painstakingly goes through all Scooby-Doo media in search of those two Scooby-Doo absolutely or Scooby-Don't under any circumstance. I'm your host, Amelia. And I'm your host, Billy. And we're watching El Bandito. The Bandit! That's what this episode's called. It's just called The Bandit. In case any of you were furiously Googling, trying to get that translation feature to work. Yeah. Don't worry, we got our best translators on this one. How do you feel about this, Amelia? Scooby-Doo does notoriously not have a great track record heading south of the border, or even vaguely close to south of the border. <laughs> I'm pretty sure anything south of San Diego they cannot handle. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you get a little hesitant when you see a Spanish word anywhere in the title yep. or premise or general vibe of the episode. It's a roll of the dice. And it's usually because, you know, they just don't get people in the room when making those episodes who would maybe have any idea of the real culture, and so fetishization is real. And do you think this episode fell into that trap? Uh, my gut is saying yes. There were a few like, archetypes that characters fell into that also felt pretty skeezy to put a person of color, like, into, and that's their main defining feature. I don't know enough about the Day of the Dead myself to say that they don't go party in graveyards right. and open mausoleums and shit, but, like, it feels like it's pushing it. I feel like, at the very least, we're doing the thing that we do when every time they go to New Orleans... It's Mardi Gras. And every time we go near Mexico, it's Dio de las Muertes. The Scooby Gang can't participate in any of the fun shit that goes down at Mardi Gras, so why is it always Mardi Gras? <laughs> Just like, they are not welcome to participate in any of the things the Day of the Dead is about. This one seems them very much trying to participate. It is, it's interesting how much they really dig their boots into, into the Day of the Dead today. Um, but before we get to the gang, at first glance, I'm, I'm pretty sure we're in this episode. There's a young couple uh, with, with brown and dark hair laying in the field, looking up at clouds. And I gotta say, Millie, this reminds me of us. I assume because you're the one using your imagination to point out cloud shapes, and I'm the one sitting there being a total fucking downer? No. Wasn't it her? Wasn't it the girl? W weren't they equally? 
N- not until he was like, uh, imagination. Well, that's not what I meant. I meant that when I see a couple with dark hair, I think of us. I'm, I don't have dark hair. I'm very hair. simple. Uh, no, but at the time when this had aired, you would have. This is before you went blue. I also th- think that, and I feel like this is something that we would do together. We would we would sit and look at clouds and come up with absurdist nonsense over what those clouds are shaped by. I can't lay in the sun, Billy. That's why it's we're doing it on a cloudy day. You can't look at clouds on a very sunny day. So your cloud There has cover- to be at least some cloud cover. Yeah, and some cloud cover is not complete cloud cover. I cannot be out in the sun in any way. You are, vi- yeah. Well, you can be. You'll just be very, very badly burned afterwards. They didn't show the aftermath here, where she was very badly burned. It's because if El Bandito was there, shouldn't they have been Mexicans? <laughs> Probably. Well, you know what? As easily you as know I what? Do. He was a little paler than her. He, I don't know about him. I felt like I was prepared with a little bit today, and it and it it fell apart right away. Yeah, because you had no idea what you were talking about, <laughs> as per usual. Well, you you made it seem like I was doing it like you were a downer, and it and it wasn't. I yeah, just, those were the characters. I I think that if it was us doing it, both of us would be equally as absurd. Get to the damn premise, would you? The gang arrives in Mercado during the Day of the Dead festivities. When Fred, an expert in El Bandito lore, finds out the spirit of El Bandito has returned, he has to solve the mystery of Areno's missing treasure and become the Fred. Who the fuck's Eureno? Eureno is El Bandito. It just chooses to use his actual name for one part of that premise. And the, like, is that the specific town name? Mercado, Mercado. It looks like we are in an official town. That's going to make it nice and easy for the stack count. Gotta go a little more general in a premise. The gang arrives in Mexico for the Day of the Dead, but they soon find out that an actual spirit wants them dead. Ooh. There you go. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah, there's your uh oh. Just factor. this is an uh oh episode. Uh, so, <laughs> who do you want to start with, Amelia? The Daphne dilemma. I find Daphne the worst of this episode in terms of white people at the Day of the Dead. And that is because she goes to Day of the Dead and then makes it all about her white ass. Yeah. When Velma's just like, this is a time for them to feel spiritually connected to those that have parted. This is a way to stop their being fear about the afterlife because it's not scary. It's just a transition period. And then Daphne is all like... Hey, Aunt Cookie, or some shit. And she's like, pay attention to me, because I'm white. (laughs) (laughs) I I feel like the way that we're taking this is 100% because it is Velma that introduces the idea to Daphne. I think a way to sort of circumvent that awkwardness would have been if you actually had, like, someone from the town invite Daphne to take part. No no one had invited Daphne to be a part of this, to open herself up to the experience. Velma made reference to what everyone else was doing, and that's when Daphne hopped in. So that's when it becomes appropriative. I really should have looked into Day of the Dead after watching this episode, and I meant to. I wanted to see if it was something that you can, like, insert, like, because, okay, being in Canada, 
a white person absolutely cannot participate in First Nations rituals and religion. It's completely closed off. We are not welcome there. And we shouldn't want to be in there. But Day of the Dead is like a spirit-based festival of, like, right. ghosts. It's like Japanese Oban, which I think anyone can participate in. Yeah, and Mike is, you know, because we all do have dead relatives. I don't care who you are. You've got relatives that are either dead or dead to you. So, so that might be... I guess it's not a day for reaching out to relatives who are dead to you, of reaching out to toxic family members. But yeah, it's it's a question. I don't know whether or not this is a holiday that is open to outsiders. I mean, you probably, as a white person, shouldn't go to the heart of Mexico City during Day of the Dead and slather yourself up in sugar skull makeup and mm -hmm. go, like, just get drunk or whatever. Like, white people have done that to Cinco de Mayo all through California. 100%. And that's definitely a problem, but... If you're there to respectfully watch the festivities... I mean, I'm sure there's an element of it being touristy as well, because it's all about that bottom dollar. Money, money make that world go round. So you gotta, some, sometimes, against your own best wishes, you do have to start selling things that are important to you. Our Patreon is... <laughs> Um, I don't know where I'm going with this. So yes, Daphne spends this episode reaching out to a dead family member, specifically her Aunt Cookie, who she always felt was the black sheep of the family, because she was always this kooky outsider doing weird things. So that's why her ghost is just in Mexico nowadays. <laughs> she was a snowbird. <laughs> Daphne is a fate person, not a coincidence person. So that's another tick in the, oh my god, shut the fuck up box that I have for this Daphne Blake. And she's finding that fate in such odd places. Uh, for example, we learned that the, that El Bandito's real name is Benito Urino, and she sees those initials on the wall of the mausoleum. Be you. Be yourself. She, she knows it's her great-aunt Cookie guiding her in Mexico today because a sign from a cookie shop hits her in the face. It's a shame yes. <laughs> it didn't knock her the fuck out, and we could have just done without her this episode. I Should have there been a point where we like saw Aunt Cookie's spectral form watching over Daphne or something like that? No, we should have seen a live Aunt Cookie walk <laughs> past and say hello. Oh my god, yes. That's a fun button. I feel I feel like we would have made fun of that either way, but it's kind of a fun button. Good line from Daphne today when they're all trapped in the mausoleum. She says between she's doing her whole inspirational speech. Yeah, which can I just say we do not need an inspiring speech every episode? I mean, you could say that about community too, but Jeff goes off there. I do say that about community. <laughs> Forgot you said that. But the line that I liked also, is... Also, that's working on the trope of satire. This is just because, I don't know, Grey's contract says she has to have X amount of lines in an well, episode. Well, it's, it's giving her a role. It, it's keeping Daphne as, quote-unquote, the heart of the group that binds them all together. But the line that I like... Between the five of us, there's nothing we can't do. Including get out of a small room. Just made me chuckle, like, because that's very... A very regularly surmountable thing, I feel. I leave small rooms all the time. Often at your request. 
She also, when they get dressed up in traditional Mexican clothing and paint themselves up like sugar skulls, she says, I hope Cookie isn't offended by this. Nah, it's not as if we're making a mockery of death. And there is so much to unpack there. I hope Cookie's not offended by this? Your fucking dead white aunt? Maybe you should think about the real-life Mexican people around you. Yeah, it's an interesting line. And and her saying it's not as if we're making a mockery of death. So, like, wait, what are you saying? Are you insulting Mexico and Mexicans by saying that Day of the Dead is mocking the dead? Because... Literally, Velma explained to you what this fucking festival yeah. is for. So it, it's either that or, I mean, looking at it with the benefit of the doubt, it could be making fun of them as white people stepping into this role where they they don't really have a foothold. It's not that at all. Well, I mean, yeah. and it, She I don't... specifically says mockery of death. I know, but it could be that they were mocking death without... You know, because they don't really understand the culture, they only understand the superficial trappings. But I, no, I also agree, n- I don't think the episode was really doing that either. No friggin' way that was the subject no, yeah, of that. No way that was Beagle Scooby-Doo actually going, hey, our heroes actually are appropriating this culture. Uh, shifting gears to the Shaggy and Scooby shenanigans, they don't speak Spanish, and that is used to a great degree, by Fred in manipulating them because he doesn't tell them what uh, Dio de las Muertes means to the the whole point where Shaggy's like, Oh, we're all about Muertos! What is it? Some kind of pastry? Them being horrified by this celebrated bit of Mexican culture, uh, it's on par for them. Yeah. When they eventually find out that Day of the Dead is, you know, about dead people. But... You are a Californian kid, and you've never heard of any of these Mexican holidays? Wild that they never have. I I guess that you're kind of Northern California, because you're in San Francisco, but, like, you've been to LA, you know (laughs) that Mexican people exist, I hate Christ. How do you get to be this age and not know about the Day of the Dead Festival? Although- although, White. That's yeah. how you get to this age. They're white. I'm trying to think of when I would have learned about it. I was a spooky weirdo kid, so I knew about it, but I probably a regular kid? Probably not. I knew about that Quebec Ice Festival with the snowman. With this horrifying eyeless snowman? Yeah. Bonhomme! Man, I hate that thing. Good man! He's not. He's French, for one thing. <laughs> Uh, I'm allowed to say that We're Canadian Canadian. (laughs) (laughs) I do like Shaggy and Scooby Being scared of this stuff But I especially like them being afraid Of El Bandito Because there's a moment where they're like going And they hide in Like a tomb Slash kitchen I'm not entirely sure That's the thing. Don't know what the building actually was, but they're going to hide and they're hiding under a table. And it actually is like a genuinely good horror moment of them being afraid, which they then go on to do a bit about being doctors and nurses. Mm -hmm. Of course. Trying to bring him back from the dead. But before that, it 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 was spooky. 
Scooby thinks it's flattering that the ghouls always chase after him and Shaggy when they split up and the ghost never goes after Fred, Daphne, and Velma. Well, that is kind and of flattering. Shaggy says, why do they always come after us? Scooby thinks it's flattering. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it, Scooby. That's good for your mental health. You're just that charismatic. And you know what? Scooby's having a good day because Fashion Report... When they do get dressed up for the Day of the Dead, and Shaggy and Scooby are dressed as newly undeads, Scooby's wearing a bride's outfit, and Velma scoffs at him a bit, but Scooby's rocking it. Scooby's proud. Scooby looks great in that dress. <laughs> then sees himself in his reflection, and becomes terrified. This is a random thought, but you know where Day of the Dead imagery was squandered? I mean, it was used effectively the when you saw it, but it was not used, like, enough kind of thing. Mm -hmm. The second Crow movie. I knew you were going to say that. City of Angels has really good Day of the Dead imagery right at the end. And I think we should have gone with the angle that it was a, a Mexican man coming back from the dead on the Day of the Dead. There's but a instead, we got that French film star... There is a version of The Crow 2 that works. Of I, course there is. There There's is. a version of every movie that works, Billy. But you want it to work, you keep Miramax's grubby little fucking hands out of it. Yeah. Like, fuck. <laughs> but we're not here to talk about that. No, we're here to talk about uh, the Velma vision. No. No? Fred. Cool. I mean... I do have more notes for Fred. Unlike last episode, where Fred was attending a wedding, Fred has a lot to do today. Because he not only lied to Shaggy and Scooby to get them there because it was Day of the Dead, but because he can go explore the tomb of El Bandito. Fred knows everything about El Bandito. Okay, but much like Daphne, he inserts himself into this Mexican town comes face to face with a Mexican man that says, I know everything there is to know about El Bandito, and him, Mr. Whitey, says, you're wrong. <laughs> I do. That is pretty bad. Just go up to the person whose culture this is. Not even culture. This is town folklore. Yes. This is a town where this Mexican the ma man has the man, lived the man his entire selling, life. The his entire job is selling merchandise around El Bandito, probably does know the lore fairly well. No. <laughs> I know the most about El Bandito. And then challenges him to, like, a quiz. Yeah. And if this was real life, this man's grasp of English would probably slow him oh, down shit, a little. that's true, and too. And Fred would declare himself the winner based on nothing but being white. <laughs> See, and I think there is... Again, there's a version of everything that works. There's a version of this that works if you hang that hat on it. If you have Fred do that, and then and like... And then the Mexican guy's just like, dude. Yes! I'm fucking Mexican. Exactly. Give give some onlookers. Nobody looks at Mystery Incorporated with enough agog. Disdain? Yeah. But anyways, Fred is all about El Bandito and... Uh, Solve, well, what is it? Like, yeah, solving the mystery of where El Bandito's treasure has been hidden. He's gonna go home and tell the Junior Sleuths Club all about it. In the last episode, he was the best man at a wedding, and... Sh Shaggy was the best man. Fred merely attended. 
No, he was a groomsman because he was standing up there. Okay. At the very least. He was a groomsman. He was a good man. Sorry for... He was a bonhomme! ...saying the wrong fucking word that means the same fucking thing, Mr. Pedantic Ass. You cannot get... The people that were getting married have to be over 18, and if they are over 18, then the Scooby Gang <laughs> is by conjunction because they were all such good friends, so Fred is legally not allowed to be part of the junior sleuthers. I am forbidding him from seeing whatever group of children comprises that club. Okay, I'm thinking that maybe this is a a, a correspondence group. Maybe it's a magazine he subscribes to that he can write into. I want to make it not weird. But I, Too bad. Al- I also like a Fred who has the heart of a child we and so is subscribed to the Junior Sleuthers Club. In that museum episode, he will just grab a group of children. He did grab a group of children. That are left unattended by adults that know them. He is definitely barging into Boy Scout meetings to tell them that they're all terror. Oh, I can do this so much he better. C- okay, you. he could be the leader of a Junior Sleuthers troop. That that's doable. You're allowed to lead scouts as an adult. Not Fred Jones. Not this Fred Jones. He kidnapped those museum well, kids. Well, you know what? He <laughs> he does have poor judgment because at one point in this episode, he tries to take Shaggy and Scooby's minds off the spooky stuff by bringing them to a graveyard. That's not going to help Fred. They're not going to like that. Why not? Safest place in the world to be. Everyone's already dead. Oh. Skeletons and ghosts. Often, Shaggy and Scooby are encountering dead folks who are out to get them. They're encountering live folks in masks. Oh, if you if you want to be pedantic about it, yeah. And uh, I do want to be pedantic about it because everything about you is pedantic, and it's nice to throw it back in your face every once in a while. I mean, I admittedly need to learn my place. Haven't yet. Nearly 500 episodes into this thing. And and can we talk about how he wants to solve this mystery so he can be remembered as El Frederico. And when told that that just translates to The Fred, he wants to be The Fred. Which is very strange. Gary doesn't want to be The Gary he in doesn't. Final Space. Shout out to Final Space. Great show. All right, now Velma. Why does she think an old-timey Mexican mausoleum is airtight? I don't know. It wouldn't be, would it? Like, no, I guess... You cannot hermetically seal a mausoleum. I guess in some ways, like, you want to keep the, the stench of death in. <laughs> You're trying to keep the moisture out, maybe. That would make sense. It's Mexico. I, it, it's a dry heat? <laughs> it's a dry heat. <laughs> Well, yeah, she not only thinks it's airtight, but she mentally calculates exactly how much air they're going to have left. And it's wrong. It is definitely wrong. She says four minutes. And that mausoleum is huge. And this is the same problem I have with the quarantine episode of Red Dwarf, where Rimmer turns off the air in that room and Crichton's just like, oh, there's only seven minutes left. No, there's not. No, there's not. Do you remember that Bones episode? The bo- yeah, when they're in the car, Where right? Where her and uh, Bren- Brennan and Hodge? Hodginson? The weird bug conspiracy one. He has a beard, right? They're, yeah, they're trapped in a car, and they're there for like a day and a half. 
and it's only just at the very end that they run out of oxygen. They get some extra oxygen somehow. It takes, yeah, from like exploding the airbag or some stupid right. thing like that. But there is more oxygen in a room than four minutes. Even with five people breathing it, it is more than four minutes. I mean, admittedly, they should stop their jumping jacks and other exercises because that will use it up faster. When all these candles go out, that's when we're out of What oxygen. was with those candles? Why was the air traveling in a line towards them, the lack of air? Um, Wouldn't would they use up the air near them first? Uh, why, if you're trying to conserve oxygen, would you not blow those candles out? They're burning oxygen faster than you're breathing it. It's Film is a fucking dumbass. That's a good point, too. Leave one candle lit so you can have light to try and figure your Pull way out. Pull out your phone! Your phone will use no- Call someone! <laughs> is, it, is it airtight and also blocks cell phone signals? So stupid. The stupidest conceit. Unless you're going to make your running out of air realistic, it is dumb and I hate it. I hate that trope. You, yeah, well, you, you hate it when it's done wrong. And it was done wrong here. Do you have more for Velma? I don't have more for Velma. No. That, like Fred at the wedding, she blended into the background. Those minor mentions, though. The first one, is it Mayor Rogers? Yeah. Unrelated to Shaggy Rogers, which is fine. Lots of people have the same name. Uh, she is the mayor of this town and definitely wants this to be a tourist holiday. She, she is greedy beyond belief. This is the one of the archetypes that I hate seeing put on people of color. Uh, see, I think it is... You can argue that this is more because she is the mayor. But yeah, her being a person of color and getting that greedy trope is really bad. Wow, it's crazy to me that people think mayors are in charge of any of this. Well, Do you I, think John Tory sits at Toronto City Hall and thinks up ways that he can get tourists to spend money in Toronto? No. He's I, doing his fucking go transit bullshit. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a sense of scale there. Toronto is a little different. I think the mayor of Brighton is definitely organizing Applefest. I, I think that's what's happening. Why does Brighton even have a mayor? For, for Applefest. While we're still on Mayor Rogers, the line I wrote down for her that I did enjoy was... Hello, young people with disposable income. Because I think it should have been a little about these five white kids, and I'm counting Scooby-Doo as white, coming to this town, and uh, the town being, like, very welcoming of, like, yes, come! come yeah, ooh, participate, because we... Yeah, give us your shit. <laughs> I thought that was a fun angle. Mm -hmm. What about Mort the Caretaker? Who is this white dude looking after this Mexican cemetery? This reeks of some sort of human trafficking ring. He likes it quiet, and he don't much care for people with beating hearts. So, a so lot of red flags. Organ trafficking ring. A lot of red flags here. Do not like the way he leans in and says, sooner or later, everyone dies. Like, you know he is going to have nothing to do with the mystery. But unlike the guy who was so creepy, he just ended up being a very nice uh, gas company employee, this guy's still shady. 
I'm keeping an eye on Mort. Next minor mention, I don't know if you'll allow this, but the Cabbage Farmer. At one point, the gang are careening down a hill, and they nearly crash into a Cabbage Farmer, very coming very close to crashing into his zebra. Now, is that a donkey that's been painted for Day of the Dead, or does this guy literally pull cabbages around with a zebra? Because that feels like a crime. Feels like a crime a bit. I to mean, use a, zebra, a majestic zebra to pull around your cabbages. It must be. Otherwise, more people would be using zebras. If it was morally okay to use a zebra instead of a donkey or a horse, more people would be using zebras. So it's probably wrong. But why? Probably just something about how they need to live. They're wild, Billy. They're not domesticated like horses. And then there is Gustavo, the El Bandito souvenir salesman. Total shill. But also, like, I can't help but think now what you're saying if Fred had no right to get into his face. No, that's on Fred Jones. This guy selling El Bandito supportive neck braces. That, that, that's on Gustav. That is on Gustav. <laughs> let's let's or talk. Gustavo, is there an Gu- O on there the end is. of his Gu- name? Gustavo is what I have written down here. Gustav would be like if a German man came through and started talking about Die, Bel- Die Bandito. <laughs> Still called Bandito. Alright, let's let's talk about Benito Urino, the titular El Bandito himself. Yep. He's a bandit, alright. Yeah. A legendary bandit, uh wearing a Dio de los Mortos uh skull sugar skull mask, has two swords and two different shoe sizes. In real life he didn't wear the a sugar skull makeup. This is supposed no. to show that he's dead. Yes, sorry. You are correct. So he's a skeleton right now. Because, presumably, he is dead. That that makes more sense. Uh, he's terrorizing this town, but why? What is the master criminal plan? The, the skeleton bandito is the shop owner, Gustavo, and he wants treasure. Yeah, he's you, been- you, you, you use this tone of voice like I'm to set this up grandly. He wants... Fucking gold. Gold coins. That's good enough, yeah. There there is a mystery here that no one ever found El Bandito's treasure. And you know what? It would be his! You don't have to do this shit sneakily. (laughs) Again. There is a statute of limitations on bandit gold. I mean, at the end of this episode, it seems to very much be that the town owns the gold. But I would say that Fred has a claim on it. Fred should be getting a gold piece or two. Uh, or Gustavo, de- because Gustavo... Presu- who owns the land? Who owns the land that it's buried on? I don't know. It's just a street corner, so... So that probably is municipal property. Maybe. But still, the mayor shouldn't be the one that dives in there and pockets it all. Yeah. She's a very hands-on mayor. She's greedy, and I hate it. Yeah, no, that's, that's 100% fair. I'm sorry, the year is 2021. I cannot look at characters that are only one note about money anymore and not think guillotine. Yeah, where, where's that coming from, too? Guillotine! Mr. Krabs, guillotine. This bitch, guillotine. Well, what about El Bandito? Not whether or not he's going to the guillotine, 
but whether or not is he scary. Did you tell whether he was feasible, Billy? No. Yes, he is. His terror scale. Skeleton monsters are always the fakest because a person with meat cannot be a skeleton. So I gave him a two. Yeah, I I think because it was taking place in a Day of the Dead celebration, having a Day of the Dead monster didn't specifically land to me. This could have been anybody. You know, we're all wearing costumes right now. Am I scared of Shaggy and Scooby? No. So I'm not going to be scared of this guy. I, th- I think I'll stick with it, too, with you. Do you have any other general thoughts and feelings on this episode? No. Well, maybe a little. I'm looking at their face paint now, the skeleton face paint, and they didn't do the noses properly, so Velma's just walking around looking like a fucking kitty cat. <laughs> <laughs> She's a cat. She's a sexy cat. She's, uh, which, which member of Kiss is a cat? Peter Chris. She's Peter Chris. The cat man. Yeah. <laughs> God, we remember when we had to do a kiss movie? No, I don't remember that. That was that. so I weird. Stricken it from my memory. Um, I wrote down here as a general thought or feeling uh, that the episode ends on a glorious sunrise. It's doing that very like Western trope of like, and now the hot Mexican sun rises again. What? It's always them walking off into the sunset. It could. It's either or. It's it's a change. This is signifying it's a rising of a new day. And? And that's nice. Listeners, you can be nice. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at the Billy Seaguire. Amelia is at Fatal Amelia. And we can be found collectively at Scooby underscore Dews. You can find our old episodes streaming on our WordPress, Tumblr, and YouTube page. We have a Patreon page. We have Instagrams under our Twitter handles. And I have my own personal YouTube page, also under Fade Lemelia. Highly recommend it. You don't have to say it's that. Di- well, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess that's presumed. If I was just like, listen, it's shit, then, I mean, that would just be terrible. It's also untrue. What's our next episode, Amelia? Into the Mouth of Madcap. Now, that's, that's going to reference some Lovecraft vibes in the title, but Madcap takes some wind out of those sails. It looks to be a clown. And Lovecraft himself was a clown, but he didn't write about clowns. <laughs> so... Well, we'll have to see. It should have been into the mouth of mocap, and it oh shit, that would be awesome! CGI monster attacking them. I would much rather watch that episode. <laughs> but as as for El Bandito, I think the only thing left to say is whether or not it's a Scooby Doo or a Scooby Don't. Uh, I don't know, Scooby Don't, because I'm feeling a little miserable today. And because I wouldn't sit down and just watch it of my own volition. Yeah, I don't think it... God, Velma really is a kitty cat, isn't she? (laughs) It's like a truly neutral everything about it, except for the Day of the Dead imagery, which could either, like, it could be realistic or it could just be leaning into the 
we're doing racist shit again because yeah, we're Scooby-Doo. I think I'm leaning towards don't specifically for the, uh, you know, this the general racism that Scooby-Doo, for some reason, always finds south of the border. Uh, work on that, Scooby-Doo. Work on that, please. And on that note... That's it from Scooby-Doo Be Us. To Scooby-Doo Be You! I feel like my you cut out there a little early. <laughs>